Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Live to tape. Welcome to Millennial Season 3, Episode 44. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Fortunately, missing Elisa this week. She was looking to be on and then had something come up at the last minute. So Again. Sounds like me from a couple weeks ago. Left to fend without her. Yeah, I mean, why oh, am yeah, I the only one a- that's held responsible for being here week to week? Can I just disappear um, at a moment's notice? I- I beg to differ, Andrew. We have had more than one occasion where we have decided on a recording day only to have you at the last minute be like, oh, I can't do this day. That is so bullshit. It that is, is not true not, at all. It's, no, it's not bullshit, but it is a little different because when you can't do something last minute, we change the recording date because we cannot record without you. That is true. That um, is also so- not true. <laughs> I I'm here. I'm dedicated week after week. We are going to go through the Facebook chat and we are going to find that. I'm just kidding. I don't That's... give enough of a fuck. To do that. <laughs> I can think of a couple examples where when I used to be in LA and I had a screening to go to, because usually those are like at six thirty or seven o'clock. So that would directly interfere. But now that I'm here in Chicago, I have no business life, no Nothing friends, do. no money, <laughs> no dog. No legs. I'm basically stuck in a chair all my life. <laughs> Wait, you don't have a dog anymore? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was about to be like, did something happen to Brooklyn? I just saw pictures of him the other day. He is here. He is here and not yet queer. So um, we were off last week. We did release a little bit of bonus material on Patreon. Hope our supporters enjoyed that. For the rest of you, hope you had a good Thanksgiving without us. <laughs> <laughs> And on today's show, we're going to talk about net neutrality, which unfortunately has come up again. And we will also be talking about some recent news concerning the head of Pixar, which is really bumming me out and a terrible attack um, over in Egypt. And then on brighter notes, we we have an AP choice about 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 career paths and in a confessional today we have a republican who wrote to us <laughs> yay mazel tov. and looking even further ahead for after dark today i'm pretty excited about this now that thanksgiving is over we can officially start celebrating christmas or excuse me the holidays and uh, we're going to talk christmas music how do you guys enjoy your thanksgivings did you survive it was good. I had a really good Thanksgiving. Um, as I mentioned on the show before we went on break, my family has, my nuclear family that is, has always been really good about avoiding spending time with our extended family 
at the holidays because we really don't mesh with them terribly well. Uh, so it was just us. And then my boyfriend came up and also a couple of my friends from college came down and spent it with us. So it was really great. Got drunk. How about you, Matt? Was it there was any okay. political uh, drama? You, mm, a little bit. Uh, my boyfriend came with me this year and oh. he did, he, did um, he does a lot better of uh, holding himself in a debate when it comes to talking about politics and stuff. And it was just fun to watch him do it because he loved, he was just having a blast like debating with my conservative uncles and everything. And it was great. Um, was that the first time he like, met the family? Uh, it was the first time he met um, the non-immediate family. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So, yeah, that's exactly how I would say it too. It was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's nice. I met Matt's family once at a Mexican restaurant in Palm Springs. Remember that? You met, yeah, you met my. You just met my grandmother. No, I think your your parents were there too. But we we didn't like oh, okay. announce we were a couple or anything. I was just a friend. <laughs> no, yeah, they knew I'm, who you were. I'm sure they saw right through that. You yeah. think so? When we were giving each other hand jobs under the table? <laughs> mm, this is some great sour cream. Oh, that's not sour cream. <laughs> or maybe it was just the part where you both openly talked about the bedroom that you shared. <laughs> <laughs> well, the classic was when um, my mom and brother came out and to California and Matt and I had a one-bedroom apartment, and my mom and brother came over. But while I was bringing them over, I like texted Matt or something. I said, "Matt, shut the bedroom door. <laughs> I don't want them seeing that there's only one bed in there because you know we haven't like I haven't like come out to them yet or anything. And I'm like pretending that this person who I live with in my one-bedroom apartment isn't you know who I'm fucking." <laughs> And I'm sure on the way over, your mom and your brother talked about that. They were like, so I wonder if they're going to address the fact that this is a one-bedroom apartment. Is (laughs) that going to come up at all? Keep in mind, also, my brother was like 12 or something. And then my fucking brother, as soon as he gets into the apartment, he beelines for the bedroom door. (laughs) He... I was laying on the couch. I did not even see the text message because he texted me like 60 seconds before they actually walked in. And then Mm -hmm. they walk in the door and I say, hey, guys. Oh, hey. Hey, Andrew's brother. Oh, 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 where's he going? (laughs) He literally didn't even say hi. He just walked right past me right into the bedroom. See, that's fake news. I had plan. I was anticipating them investigating when they came over because there was a picture of us hanging up in the living room that I hid in advance. <laughs> well, no, that, that's that's entirely true. But he went straight into our bedroom, yeah. anyways. Yeah, and then I was yeah. mad at Matt because he didn't lock the door. I didn't anyway. lock the door because you didn't tell me. Well, the text me like a second before you walked in the door. I mean, getting rid of that picture was a great way of hiding evidence, but since you didn't put away the butt plug collection, I'm pretty sure Ryan knew. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I didn't do anything actually on Thanksgiving Day. Like, everybody around here went out of town, so I didn't do anything proper till Saturday. So I made myself mac and cheese and ate it by myself. Isn't that nice? It's beautiful. That's... I know. 
really sad. You know? I know. No, it's not it's sad really at all. Sad. It's, just, it's a respectable Thanksgiving dinner for someone who doesn't have any friends and lives by themselves. You know what pisses me off about that, though, is you found those awesome round trip flights from Chicago to Atlanta. My family is one of those families that just always has room for one more person at the table. You could have come and spent it with us. That would have been nice. I don't know. I just didn't think about that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it would have been lame if I if I didn't go to my own family's in New Jersey. Hey, Mom and Dad, I'm not going to Thanksgiving in New Jersey because I'm going to Atlanta. I mean, That just sounds great. Them, What's wrong with that? Yeah, just tell them that you, me, and Mark are in a polygamous relationship and you have to come meet my family. Okay. I, I, I don't think it's your parents that have the problem. I think it's you. I don't think you want to go to Atlanta. No, I, I liked Atlanta. It was fun. Did I see you, Laura? Yeah. What? In Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, of course we did. Yeah, yeah I Mark. took you to gay Isn't bars that why you went? and Willie's. Yes, I know. I forgot. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll be back. I'll be back. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, it is the start of the holiday season officially, and we are putting together our Secret Santa. We've done this the past year or two. And I believe, Matt, you're actually the only person who hasn't entered the Secret Santa yet, so get on that. And then we'll get our names and send gifts. Yep. So I think right now we're aiming for a live Christmas stream, which we've done pretty much every year the show's been alive. Uh, I think we're looking at doing that on December 18th at the moment. That could change. But uh, for right now, we're trying to get everyone to have their secret Santa gifts to each other by the 15th. And speaking of secret Santa, if you join our Facebook group, a bunch of our listeners are also doing a secret Santa amongst themselves. And I don't think the deadline has hit yet for entering. So... If you want to make a friend in the millennial group, please do. <laughs> Lovely people. They are. Mostly. Mostly. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> um, yeah, that'll be fun. And that'll be our last episode of the year. And then we'll have a couple of weeks off. And then season four in January. Fuck. With it being the end of the year, the end of year lists are already coming out. Um, I swear it's earlier and earlier every year these come out. It's like think it's like Christmas. We start celebrating earlier and earlier. Um, Dictionary.com has proclaimed their word of the year. Do you two want to guess what it is? Fake um, news. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> it's a good one, but it's a little more depressing than that. Oh. War. Uh, uh wait what, what's um what's the word that we have to say now instead of climate change extreme what weather oh yeah can you tell me what part of speech it is what part of speech yeah is it a noun it would be verb? an adjective bigly <laughs> <laughs> no the answer is complicit oh, oh fuck Inspired oh, by fuck. the Russian election influence, oh. the ever-widening sexual harassment scandal, mass shootings, and the opioid epidemic, we've become more and more complicit. Great. Um, in an interview, Dictionary.com, a rep for Dictionary.com said, it, it really started with uh, Saturday Night Live back in March when they did a sketch starring Scarlett Johansson uh, of Ivanka Trump in a glittery gold dress peddling a fragrance called complicit because quote she's beautiful she's powerful she's complicit i think that's a good word because we really have become complicit a mass shooting eh, 
whatever. Sexual harassment, I guess what? we haven't really become more complicit. Complicit. We've definitely become less complicit. Complicit <laughs> about that. So I would just like to point out that a couple years ago on the show, we talked about dictionary.com's word of the year, and it was the crying while laughing emoji. Is that mm. correct? I Maybe. That sounds very trendy, so... Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I remember talking about it on here. So this this is like the this is how this is the direction America's moving in, guys. I just I think we're here. Hi- <laughs> I just want to highlight what a terrible fucking year this has been. Shafali, who's listening live, reminded me right now um, about my farm girls have great calves shirt. <laughs> oh my god, year. that fucking shirt! Secret oh, Santa. Shit, that's right. That was great. What could top that? I never got my real shirt, by the way. God damn it. That is your real shirt. That I think as if I recall correctly, our friend Sarah said that a great shirt was ordered, but a greater shirt was delivered. (laughs) So I think you should just stick with that. Um, Yeah. But didn't you write to Amazon and weren't they like, yeah, we'll send you another one. Anyway. um, (laughs) You... (laughs) You'll probably get the Make America Gay Again shirt around the same time that you get the Simming mug, would yeah. be my guess. Yeah, and that still baffles me, but I won't get into that. <laughs> it's time now for Surprise Bitch. It's been a couple of weeks since we called one of our listeners. We have so much to ask them. Hello? Hi, Kate. Hi. Hi, surprise bitch. Surprise, it's Millennial. Bitch. Surprise bitch. Oh, hi. Hi. How you doing up there in Canada? Good. Good. Well I'm very surprised. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Well, surprise bitch. You did sign up back in March. A lot has happened since then. I did, and actually I signed up a long time ago, but then my payment method got messed up, so I had to re-sign up. Oh. Uh-huh. Thanks for working that out. <laughs> so uh, when is Canadian Thanksgiving? Uh, October. Oh, so how was your Thanksgiving yeah. a month ago? It was great. I was in the middle of midterm season, but. Oh, what are you? How did to- that go? Uh, it went well. It's over, and now finals are starting on Saturday. So yes. What are you studying? <laughs> uh, I'm in vet school. Vet school. Oh, cool. Do, do you yeah. have at least one pet? I have two cats. Oh. Ooh. And they're still alive. You're going to do great. <laughs> what's um? What's your specialty? Like, will you be working with domesticated animals or like exotic animals? Sexy animals. Uh, that's a great question. I have no idea yet. Mm. I really like that's wildlife, cool. uh, but the problem with that is getting a job. So <laughs> true. We are true. killing all the wildlife, so there might not be much left. Yes. Yeah. There's also no, uh, they don't have owners to pay their bills. So. Oh, yeah. That's true. They don't have insurance. Yeah, fuck those owls. No, yeah. Get out of here, owls. I'm not helping you unless you can pay me. Um, you live in Prince Edward Island? That's a very romantic name. Are you actually on an island? Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you yeah, rich? On the East Coast. It's, it's very small and no one knows where it is. Do you get afraid? Like, I see there's only one bridge off the island. Do you get, ever get afraid that something, God forbid, is going to happen and, like, it's going to be impossible to get off the island? 
Well, there's a ferry too, but uh, in the winter of 2015, we had a of bad storms, and the bridge was shut down for a couple days at one point. Oh my god! Yeah, just totally closed, and nothing could get across. Can you get everything you want on the islands, or do you have to cross the bridge to, like, to, I don't know, to go to like a a gay bar or something like? The essentials. Well, there are no gay bars here, so yeah, you'd have to cross for that. <laughs> Uh, but we have most things. Yeah. You know, no um, Ikea, though. And uh, Ikea just opened uh, in Nova Scotia, neighboring province, so it's sad. Oh, that's nice. You know, we're actually looking for real estate in Maine because, um, which is kind of close to where you are, you're in an even better position because you're beyond Maine. You're even further east, meaning you're even further away from North Korea. Um, could we potentially live with you for a little bit? Because we want to get as far away as possible from Kim Jong Un's nukes. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're laughing. I don't see what's right so funny. It's not nice. Yeah, you might have to get rid of your cats. <laughs> Why? Because yeah. I want their bedroom. Oh, I see. Oh. <laughs> how cold does it get up no, there? No, they sleep with me. <laughs> I know. How how cold does it get up there? Uh oh, I don't know. In Fahrenheit. Uh, a lot, though, when it's really cold, it'll be minus 30 with the wind chill. Damn. So you always have to factor in how cold it really feels because of the wind. Because it's an island, so it's always windy here. Minus 30 Celsius? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Negative 22 degrees. Fuck that. I've never <laughs> even been to anywhere lower than two. I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, it gets pretty cold. It's not always like that, though. Do you enjoy the generally colder climate, or do you aspire to move somewhere um, warmer? Uh, I'm always cold, so I don't really like the winter that much. But my boyfriend really loves the winter, so. Oh, okay. How long have you been to to been together? Does he live on the island? He does. We live together. Oh. <laughs> We've been together for six years. Oh, nice. Good for oh. you. Oh, congrats. You think things are getting serious between you two? I think so, since we lived here. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matt was kidding. One cat was adopted mutually, so... Oh. oh, yeah. When you get to the point where you're adopting animals together, that's pretty serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, me and my ex adopted Brooklyn, and look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the dog, so... I, that's I true. Did. You did win. I, I jokingly said we could literally cut him in half if you want, and I'll take the top half, and he can take his ass. This <laughs> um, is a serious question. I'm sorry, I'm so I'm so obsessed with the island, but like, were you both living on the island when you met, or was he like away, and you were like, oh fuck? <laughs> um, no, actually, well, both of our families live here, um, and we actually have known each other since grade one. Aww. So we didn't start dating until our second year of undergrad. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for answering. Thanks for your support. We'll let you go. What are you up to the rest of the night? Studying. Oh, more studying. Okay. Oh, actually, one more question for you uh, related to After Dark yes. today. What is your uh-huh. favorite Christmas song? Oh, uh, White Christmas. But the original version. White Christmas. Oh, I'm glad you say mm-hmm. that because I want to talk about Lady Gaga's White Christmas. <laughs> oh, you do? I have not heard. Uh, it's a few years old. She added a verse. It's really funny because, yeah. Anyway, I'll explain later. 
Ooh, right. this is this is intense. Okay. Yeah, wasn't that a tease? All right, Kate in Canada. Wait. Have a good night. Yeah, thanks for calling. Stay warm. Thank yeah. you for your support. Thanks. No problem. And good All luck right. on the finals. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. You know, after talking to Kate, this got me thinking. Perhaps when Kim Jong-un drops the nukes on us, we can start a millennial live cross-country tour, but it's Mm. actually just us staying with listeners as far north and east as we can get along the way doing shows. Why do we have to start after he nukes us? I'm not going to be a part of this tour. (laughs) That's true. We might want to... Let's start now. All right, so um, let's talk about a little... Oh, actually, I've, <laughs> I did want to mention something. <laughs> I did have a uh, real-life surprise bitch moment last night. Um, okay. I was uh, making love to my significant other. And this is going to get dirty for a moment, so I apologize. Mm-hmm. I was making uh, love to my significant other, and... I was eating his ass out, and I, I got the I got his butt like really wet and primed, you know, just like you know, loosened up and all that. Oh God! And I was like, okay. I was like so turned on in the moment, and he was on his back, and you know, I was eating out the butt, you know, Laura, and like I'm like, I'm like, I'm just gonna fuck him. I'm not even gonna ask. I'm just gonna do it, <laughs> and so. And so, and so I get in position and like, he's about Please to say, don't. he's about to say something. And then as, <laughs> as I insert, I go, surprise. <laughs> oh, Andrew. <laughs> he claims he, w- he knew it was coming, but I don't think he did. <laughs> how does he, know, how does he claim? Oh, wait, is he a listener? Uh, I will not confirm or deny. <laughs> oh, well, you just did. Well, he's going to hear it now. We know that much. Damn it. Stop <sighs> fucking our listeners, Andrew. <laughs> no, we're not going to have any. <laughs> oh, man. It was so funny, though. And my God, it was so hot. Anyway, I was thinking of the show because surprise. You were thinking about us when you ate somebody's show. asshole? Yeah. yeah, of course. I was like, man, it's <laughs> been a while fact- since we've done surprise, bitch. I should just do it right now. God damn it. You know what you've done? You've given my boyfriend material to work with now. Yeah, Mark, do it. Oh, my God. No, because he literally one time was like, he he used something from a fuck off Cupid segment we had where the person was like, I'm going to be dragging my balls across your face. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. Uh, hey, and I mean, for the record, I'm pretty sure all of our significant others listen to this show. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Ulysses does. Matt, yours was a patron for a while. I don't know if he still is. No, he was a patron when we started, just to help us out. But he pulled out. Oh, I see. Everything in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about net neutrality. This is really disturbing. What's going on? Y'all might remember us talking about net net neutrality a while back, and given some recent events, we kind of wanted to take some time to talk about the state of net neutrality today. So the Federal Communications Commission, or the FCC, is planning a full repeal of net neutrality rules. 
For the uninitiated, net neutrality is what requires internet service providers to give consumers equal access to content on the internet. And it also provides them from throttling or blocking service to sites and services that either don't pay providers a premium or don't have partnerships with them. Ajit Pai, who, in my opinion, is a fuckboy extraordinaire and also the current FCC director, is unveiling a proposal to scrap net neutrality rules, which the FCC board is voting on December 14th. So coming up here pretty soon. Um, Pi and other people like him think that Obama-era regulations that reclassified the internet as a necessity and a utility, which thereby allowed the stricter provisions to be placed on ISPs, are strangling innovation. They think that service providers would never take advantage of the opportunity to charge consumers more or throttle competing services. Something that I think is really worth noting here is that Ajit Pai is a former lawyer for Verizon. Verizon, who, by the way, sued the government in 2011 over these very rules and regulations that prevented them from blocking the use of Google Wallet on their network because they were partnered with a different virtual wallet service at the time. Um, The internet was able to be classified as a utility under Title II of the Communications Act of 1934, and undoing this would put the concept of a free and open internet at risk by turning the internet into a pay-to-play service, where corporations in affluent regions will have access to faster internet because they can pay for it. So not only is the vote app happening on the 14th, uh, the really scary thing is that it is expected to pass because uh, the FCC board, uh, there are five people on it, and it's currently a majority Republican. So most likely going to pass, which is very, very scary. Um, And we're going to kind of like break down and talk about this a little further here. But I just wanted to make sure that we provided people a little bit of background on like, how we got to this point. Yeah, it's very scary, because this feels this feels very real. It, Mm -hmm. It really looks like this is going to happen. And it really seriously will change the internet. Yes. Should I get onto my soapbox now or do you want to ask questions first? Go ahead. Get on your soapbox. (laughs) So the the beautiful thing about the internet right now is that you pay a monthly cost, say, take take me for example. I don't have cable. So I just pay $40 a month for the internet. I get a certain speed and I get access to everything as fast as every website and app can send it to me. I can access every website. I can go anywhere I want, do anything I want. If net neutrality is not in place, it can potentially turn into how buying a cable package works, where if you want HBO, you got to pay extra. If you want these certain channels, you got to pay extra. Um, We do not want that on the internet. The internet has been so great for businesses, has been so great for consumers, because we get everything... For one price. I don't trust the Trump administration to handle this in any way that is going to benefit consumers. They haven't done anything to look out for the little guy so far. This this reminds me of a few weeks ago where they pulled down Obama's decision whereby consumers could band together in class actions and sue the big banks. Trump took that away. That was supposed to take effect soon. Now, 
We can't. Obama had did that um, after the big banking crisis a few years ago. So the, the other problem is that there are very few ISPs available. <clears throat> so say you don't like that Comcast is going to start charging you extra if you want to use, say, social media apps or you want to use Google instead of Yahoo. Can you switch to a different ISP? No, because there's only one or two near you. And we all know that, that these companies also need to support your particular building or your area. So this is just so much bad news. It, there's, there's, this shouldn't be a Democratic or Republican issue. It's just, do we want our internet open and free? Or do we want to let Comcast, Verizon, etc. be in control of what they send us? Yeah, and something that is deeply disturbing about this, by the way, is that lawyers for the various internet service providers are out there arguing, well, before 2015, we didn't have such strict net neutrality rules, and this didn't happen then, so why would it happen now? Except it did happen then. It happened when Verizon was blocking Google Wallet. It happened when Comcast was blocking file sharing services. And when AT&T was blocking certain video chatting apps. Does anybody remember when on the iPhone you couldn't use FaceTime unless you were on the internet? That was because, or unless you were connected to Wi-Fi. It was because originally iPhones could only be contracted through AT&T and AT&T blocked FaceTime. Right. So it's not really it's not really unreasonable to believe that these companies would want to block competing services because they've already done it. And to me, anytime somebody makes the argument to them like we've seen you've done this and you would have the power to do it, their response is like, "Oh, but we won't. Like we'll sign an oath that we are pro free and open internet and we won't do that." So like give us the power to do it, but like we won't. Yeah, and when you also consider that these cable companies, they're hurting in terms of um, cable channel business. Everybody's cutting the cable and switching to the internet. So how Mm -hmm. are they going to make that money back? They're going to start charging you for access to Mm -hmm. certain things. Yep. And for people who can't visualize what that would look like, um, there's been a site that has gotten a lot of attention on social media in recent days. It's New Zealand's Vodafone website. Uh, New Zealand does not have net neutrality rules like we do here in the States. And if you go and look at their site for plans, you have to buy packages to get all of the extra things that we take for granted when we pay one bill. So for instance, if you want uh, a chatting package to use your chatting apps, that's $5 a month. If you want a video package to watch Netflix and Hulu and everything, that's $20 a month. If you want social media, that's another $10 a month. And that's just on your mobile device. Yeah, and I don't think that Jesus these this type of thing in particular would happen where Verizon will start charging you, you know, just for access to social apps because there would be way too much backlash. But what I do think is going to quietly happen is that there's going to be these behind-the-scenes deals where AT&T and these other ISPs like Verizon uh, go to Netflix and say, hey, you want to keep sending people HD or 4K video? You got to start paying us more. And then Netflix will have no choice. They'll, still have, they'll have to start paying more. And to keep it, keep their profit margins high, 
what are they going to do? They're going to pass those costs on to the consumers. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, the other distinct possibility is that we will have two internet pipes, sort of. One that's really fast and one that's really fucking slow. And the average consumer is probably not going to be able to afford the really fast internet. So that's also another possibility is that the only people who could end up having good and decent access to the internet are rich people. Um, And that acts to keep poor people poor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps the, the rich people on the internet and social media more. So that's Mm -hmm. all the traffic that you're going to see on the internet. You're not going to have a, multicultural or just a broad a a spectrum of opinions that are going to be on the internet yeah i mean it it would definitely turn the internet into an echo chamber for people of a certain class and background which is not good for anyone it doesn't matter where along the spectrum their views lie it just it, it does the opposite of diversifying the internet which is really bad for everyone Um, So we wanted to talk about a couple of things that people can do. Um, First of all, go ahead and go to a wonderful site that John Oliver created. It's called gofccyourself.com, where you can leave a comment in support of net neutrality. The reason that he and his show made this site is because the process for leaving a comment on this particular case has become so fucking difficult. Like you literally have to go through a labyrinth in their website to get to the place to leave a comment. So they built this shortcut to get you where you need to go. Um, Leave a comment in support of net neutrality. Things that I would say to really make sure to comment on is that you support net neutrality rules um, as they are stated under title two of the communications act of 1934. And also that you believe that net or that access to the internet is a necessity in the United States and that internet should be recognized as a utility. I think these are really important points to drive home. Um, You can also call your reps and bitch to them about it. They're obviously not going to have any say about how the vote in the FCC goes. But if people are looking at 2018 and seeing that their constituents are pissed off about this, your voice can have some impact here. And then the other thing is to just talk about it. Seriously, it's amazing how many people don't really know what's going on with this. I was that person at a party the other night. I brought this shit up. And most of the people that I talked about were like somewhat familiar with it and knew something about it and thought that it sucked. But there were also people there who had no idea this was happening. Mm -hmm. And by the time we got done talking about it, everybody was pretty incensed. So make sure that you're keeping people informed. It's amazing how many people in your life use the internet every day and don't know this is happening. Well, because we don't, I I was uh, going through this uh, situation the other day. I was looking through like all of my news apps, like CNN, MSNBC, the Washington post. uh, I mean, just anything. And I had to scroll pretty deep into the list of stories to have anything that was mentioning the FCC and net neutrality. It's just not one of the top stories. No, yeah, it's really anyway, fucked. And, it is fucked. The Republican argument is something about how net neutrality hurts competition. Have you heard this, Laura? Yes, yes. So their whole argument is they're I mean, they're pro free market, right? And so that that argument is that 
different products should be able to be marketed for different prices, i.e., if you have a lot of money and you can pay for the super fast internet or the internet that grants you access to what you want, then that should be on a different tier of internet. Um, also, they think that um, dis- like designating the internet as a utility and that uh, enacting these rules under Title II of the Communications Act of 1934 was an overreach. So to yeah. them, they think that it's sort of like preemptively trying to stop people from breaking the rules and that it stifles innovation. And they were also arguing that it hurts infrastructure <laughs> somehow, but there's been no evidence that that's happened. Um, furthermore, uh, John Oliver, I know I can't stop talking about him, but he's done an amazing couple of pieces on this, showed um, or actually played audio of, I believe it was the CFO of Comcast talking to investors and telling them like, oh, yeah, no, net neutrality is not hurting us. Like telling the yeah. investors, the people that they are legally obligated to tell the truth to, this isn't going to hurt you. And another, so, there's no evidence that it's done that. And another argument I've seen nope. from my crazy Republican un- uncle and a Republican on MSNBC over the weekend, so they, they're probably just sharing all the same talking points, is that net neutrality stops other ISPs from existing. And how? I, I that's the thing. I don't understand that. And and look, do we really think more ISPs are going to be popping up either way? The answer is no. no. Uh, 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 Comcast, Verizon, Time Warner, they they own the marketplace and no little guy is going to be able to step in and make a big impact. We're stuck with all these big guys, unfortunately. And there's only a few big guys. So so we need to keep the pipes on these big guys open and clear into our computers. Uh yeah, there's not going to be other ISPs. That that's just a stupid stupid argument. It really is because the whole reason that we have net neutrality regulations is because of the way the market is. Mm-hmm. Like, if uh, there were going to be other ISPs, they would have come around long before 2015. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's too late it, now to start your own. You you ain't going nowhere. And yeah. and and our providers just keep getting less and less in as time goes by anyways there's no indication that more and more are going to show up in fact it's the exact opposite yeah because they keep swallowing the little providers i mean i I remember when i first moved to georgia um our internet was provided by a little company called adelphia they don't exist anymore comcast bought them for a second yeah oh my god that's a blast from the past (laughs) that's so sad i will say there is a smaller one here called rcn uh, they're not in a bunch of markets, but they're in Chicago and I believe a couple of others. And the prices are low and the service is good. But, but And it's going to be absorbed by either Verizon, AT&T, exactly. or Comcast. They're in Boston, Chicago, DC Metro, Lehigh Valley, New York, and Philadelphia. And I don't even think they can't be big in Philadelphia because I used to live there and I never heard of them. <laughs> and I still go back and I never see any ads for them either. We but, just need Google to get on their shit. Yeah. And like get fiber laid out for everyone. And speaking of Google, um, organizations like Google, Apple, Facebook, they are all for net neutrality. Not only does it benefit them, 
but it they know it benefits the consumers. Agreed. And you know, yeah. I just this is it looks like this is happening and I I I really don't like being the one who's like sounding the alarm being like, "Oh my god, oh my god." But I really think this could get very bad and pretty quick as well. Yeah, well the only reason that it didn't happen last time everybody was freaking out was because people freaked out about it. Yeah. So seriously, you need to go leave a comment here. There there have already been issues of something like 1.5 million suspected troll comments in support of uh cutting net neutrality on the mm-hmm. FCC website. Mm-hmm. So we need to outnumber these people. Um, if you're not sure what to comment, we have actually come up with some sample language that you are more than welcome to use, and we will include that in our show notes. All righty. What else is going on today, Laura? <sighs> Everything's <laughs> terrible. So um, last Friday, 305 people were killed and 128 were injured when militants detonated a bomb inside a mosque in Egypt. Um, following detonating that bomb, they sprayed gunfire across the crowds of fleeing worshippers. Uh, the victims were mostly Sufi Muslims who practice a mystical form of Islam that is deemed heretical by ISIS and other Sunni extremist groups. Um, we know this was most likely ISIS. The militants were carrying Islamic State flags during the attack. And while there's still a lot of moving pieces with the story and we don't have a ton of, to say about it at this point. I just wanted to highlight it and talk about, as we mentioned before, that Muslims suffer the most at the hands of Islamic extremists. Hmm. There is this prevailing narrative, particularly um, in the United States, but it is growing to the rest of the West largely, that Islamic extremists are only out to get the West, that they're only out to get Christians and, and other non-Muslims. And it's just not true. These people are psychotic and insane, and they want to go after everybody who is not living up to whatever ridiculous extreme standards that they have built for themselves. Yeah. I mean, you're over like 330 people killed or injured when they were praying. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep an eye on it. Um what really disturbed me about this was this didn't get a ton of coverage. Um, and given the way that Western media loves to cover attacks by Islamic extremists, I was surprised by that. Um, because it was, wasn't here. Right. Well, and the victims were Muslims. So nobody really cared. It's sort of like the same way that um, um, people try to bring up like the whole black on black crime thing. Right. Like, they try to justify that as being like, well, it's just a, it's just like a naturally adversarial culture. And they try to use that to defend the violence that we're seeing from some extreme people. Whereas when Islamic extremists attack white people, it's a fucking catastrophe and everybody shits their pants and can't walk in a straight line for 30 seconds. Right. So... Just keep this in mind. I'm like, I'm actually getting hot talking about it right now. I'm really mad. Mm. Um, yeah, we're just thinking about everyone over there. And if we have any listeners who live nearby um, or who are affected, we'd love to hear from you. Speaking of terrifying. stories that grind our gears, the latest 
person to be accused of sexual misconduct is none other than Pixar and Disney creative chief John Lasseter. This is a big one. Um, He's a behind-the-scenes guy, but he's actually very prominent in the Disney and Pixar communities. He really... This isn't an exaggeration. He is responsible for the creative genius in so in all of Pixar's movies and most of the animated Disney movies of the past 10 years or so. Um, this report from The Hollywood Reporter came out the day before Coco came out. That's Pixar's latest original movie, which I've heard is very good. Right, Matt? Mm-hmm. I, I th- thoroughly recommend going to see it just make sure you go in at least maybe half an hour into the sh- the movie start time so you Trust can me. skip frozen skip short. fucking frozen the quote unquote short that lasts a half hour <laughs> um so john lasseter has had this history we're learning of being too forward with women, grabbing, kissing, making comments about physical attributes, it was so bad that there was a defensive move at Pixar called the Lassiter. And this move was a way to avoid Lassiter coming on to you. So um, he and Pixar knew this was coming, and at the same time the story broke, he had also announced that He was going to take a six-month break from working at the studio, but I don't see how that is going to be good enough. I, if 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 there's a if if there's a word amongst your employees for avoiding you because of your own misconduct, I can't see how you come back from that. Mm -hmm. And and my theory is that they are just saying a six-month sabbatical for now because, like I said, the story came out the day before Coco was going to be released. If he announced that day he was leaving, Coco would have been buried. The story would be John Lasseter leaving Pixar. So I think he's done. And if he's not, the women at Disney and Pixar should rise up and say, no, he cannot come back after six months because this guy is a creep. And we don't forget. Well, it's also... It's. I mean, it's not just um, the the misconduct that you mentioned, but uh, uh, from uh, from one of the other uh, articles that I've read, John Lasseter is also not very. It's not very popular in Pixar anymore by the entire company because he has become such a behemoth in the company that it has not been the. Uh, it has not had the magic of Pixar in almost a decade because he has been in control of everything. It's now just the control, uh, the ideas of one man. I wanted to bring up his statement. Did y'all read it mm-hmm. that he put out sort yeah. of preemptively hearing you talk about the things? Cause I wasn't aware of what the other accusations were. I haven't been following this particular story. What really sticks out to me about his statement is that he was like, I apologize to anyone who was ever on the receiving end of a, an unwanted hug. Yeah, That was his way of addressing it. And I, I read it and I was like, the, he's trying to paint this as though he's just like some grandfatherly figure who doesn't understand permission when it comes to hugs. And I was like, mm, I can't wait to hear what the victims have to say because... Yeah. <laughs> well, and, the, and this is a classic example of him getting away with whatever he wants because he is so powerful. 
He is the guy in animation across all of Hollywood. So if you want to advance your career, you better, you know, be nice to him and and do what he wants. And so these women, it happened to these women, but they didn't say anything because he is in an, an insanely high position of power. And by the way, you know what this got some people thinking about? All of this hugging. There's a there's mm. a there's a grandfather type teddy bear in Toy Story three called Lots of Hugging Bear. Is that fucking inspired oh, by John Lasseter? <laughs> hey kids, you want a hug? He talk he talks like an old like kind of Western guy, you know, kind of like a like a dad, and he turns out yeah, to be an he's asshole. The villain. Yeah, yeah, but you don't know he's, he's the, the antagonist villain. in the story. You don't know these villain until then. Just like John Lasseter, art imitates life. Anyway, that was that. That really bummed me out because I've always had a lot of respect for John Lasseter, and now it's out the window. Yeah, we're losing a lot of respect for a lot of people right now. Yep, it's a bummer. There will probably be more of these, unfortunately. Yep. So let's move on now to AP Choice. Thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon.com slash Millennial, especially our friends at the Facebook official level. Associate producers, we call them. We have two related topics this week. So I'm going to read both messages. This first one is from Caleb. I recently took a pretty big move backwards in my career because I was having a harder and harder time leaving my work at work. And it was definitely starting to affect my mental health. Not being able to sleep, feeling guilty when I left work. Even it had been a 12-hour day, getting more and more moody with my partner and friends, etc. I love what I did and was very good at it, but a lot of my peers and other millennials I know seem to have this overworking problem. Partially because none of us have any idea how to afford, you know, anything without pushing ourselves extremely hard in our jobs. And then Roshni replied to that. She said, Weirdly, I had a similar topic idea. I've been having a tough time at work. I work at a nonprofit and we've been tight on resources for a while. I know I am underpaid, but I like my work and I learn a lot. However, I work with some really frustrating people. One person in particular is really difficult to work with and many people have already quit because of her. I considered just quitting without another job lined up, but was persuaded to stay a bit longer. I don't really want to leave, but I'm just so tired of it all. I would love to hear about your crazy work experiences to know I'm not alone and also what decisions you have made about when to leave a job, etc. Yeah, I've been there. I had to leave a job a couple of years ago, actually, because they were no longer willing to work with my school schedule. Um, I had to teach a summer practicum course that was a month long, and it meant that the, the number of days I was going to be available was severely limited during that month. And they were not willing to either let me take leave during that month or only work two days a week. And I think it was a power play by my boss. Like, I, I, looking back, it really seemed like they were trying, they didn't think I would actually quit. And when they told me that, I said, well, okay, where would you like me to send my notice? Because I can't. Yeah. So I think for me, the point where I have found myself, um, I've only ever quit two jobs that way. Um, and in both situations, it was a case of the job not willing to work with me on, you know, something that was a personal obligation. 
Um, and I think when you're at the point where you're having to choose between your personal integrity and your job, it's time to move on. Did the job try to keep you around when you said, I need to quit? No. So they, I remember my boss looked kind of shocked yeah. <laughs> and was basically like, well, you just email me. I was like, okay. Yeah. But then they followed up by being like, but uh, if you want to come back after your practicum is done, we can probably work something out. And I was like, nah, I don't think so. And <laughs> at that point, I just decided to uh, put the pedal to the metal and work really hard and graduate a semester early so that I could just move on with my life and get another job. My very first boss, I was very young, but my very first boss was a wacko. <laughs> he would scream. He had the shortest temper and he would scream at people on the phone and he would scream at me sometimes when I was just like a teenager making simple mistakes, uh, you know, simple to make uh, mistakes that were simple to make for somebody my age. Um, he treated his coworkers poorly. It was just such a bad work environment. And that just like really, that was a good first job to have because it really showed me like how bad it can get. Like he could be really nice and friendly one minute and then a fucking dickhole the next. Um, that was my worst experience because I, then I started working for myself. But I, I think the question I want to answer for these two people is what, what is more important, sticking with a good paying job slash a career smart job? And being miserable or switching to a lower paying job and actually being happy? It's so a tough, tough question. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I, have, I have found myself in that position. Um, and I think it ultimately comes down to the person needing to ask themselves what is most important to them. Because I think it is possible for somebody who's very career driven to look at that situation and say, my career and working towards that is what is going to bring me my happiness. Um, but the position that I found myself in was like, I don't really know that I necessarily need to be on a specific trajectory. I think what I need more than anything is to find a place that embraces the work-life balance. And when I'm off the clock, I'm actually off the clock. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to live the other parts of my life to my satisfaction and not have to think about that shit when I'm not there. Um, but I've definitely seen people who truly believe that if they work their asses off for a decade or so to get themselves well positioned, that they will be where they want to be. And I think that's valid, too. Um, yeah. I think it just requires some soul searching. I think you really have to sit down and ask yourself, like, where is it, like, in an ideal world, 10 years from now, what does my life look like? And then yeah. you have to think about how you get there. Right. And and related mm-hmm. to that, you could take a lower paying job and be happy in the short term and possibly use that maybe extra time you have in a better job where you do have a work-life balance to spend some of that life part of the yin-yang planning your future. Maybe planning mm-hmm. a career shift, maybe planning going back to school. If you see a career field that pays really well and you think maybe you can afford school, going back to school and paying off those debts 
within the first, I don't know, five to 10 years of your well-paying career, then maybe that's a, an option worth exploring. Yeah, it's always good to have your options open and to see where things take you. Because even if you uh, pursue a career um, with an idea of where your life is going to go, you might have a better opportunity coming your way as well while you're pursuing that. There's also winning the lottery as well. That's probably easier. Well, <laughs> that's for fantasizing. Yes. <laughs> I would also encourage like pursuing some of your passions while working your nine to five. Um, all of us have had a lot of fun podcasting. Mm-hmm. Uh, while some of us are also balancing nine to five jobs. I'm actually getting ready to start my own little consulting hustle. I, I like to have multiple hustles going on at the same time, so I'm not depending on any one particular thing. It feels if it feels good to have backup plans in life. Anyway, um, and I would also just a word of encouragement: it's never too late for a career change or going to, back to school. I know it might not be the cool thing to do, but if you're going to be happy in the long run, do it. Try it. Pursue your dreams. Yeah, why not? Hike the Pacific Crest Trail like Cheryl Stray did. And maybe you'll be inspired to change up your life. Got a new year coming. Change up your life. If you're having a good time. Add some inspiring (laughs) New Year's resolutions. All right, time now for the confessional. Matt, do you want to read it? I listen to the show despite having strong conservative values. I enjoy hearing a difference in opinion as it's unhealthy to be always told and exposed to what you want to hear. Though I may not agree with you more often than not, I respect where you are coming from from, and you help me understand the other side of a particular issue. I love this. Cool. I think this is great. And I feel like it's it's a really good example to set for our listeners because, of course, we know we're biased. Like, we've, we're definitely very liberal here and we've never claimed to be fair and balanced for certain. I mean, we try to approach things fairly um but there's there is a distinct liberal bias here on this show and there is no getting around it and i think it's really healthy to listen to other outlets to to hear what other people are saying and make sure that you're actually forming your own opinions and not just getting lost in an echo chamber of the kind of media that you like to consume you know I, i was thinking about this a few weeks ago are there any podcasts like us that are right leaning Oh, there has to be. I mean, I'm sure there are. I don't know that there's... I think it would be a lot harder to find a youth one. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, I don't really think we count as youth anymore because we're all almost 30, but... Um, Speak for yourself, bitch. Yeah, all of us. I'm 28 I'm, going on 19. Yeah, I'm turning 29 in a couple weeks, so don't talk to me. Um but yeah, I mean, I know I know there's got to be. I mean, of course, there's conservative talk radio, which I wouldn't recommend for the same reasons that I wouldn't recommend liberal talk radio, because that is some serious talking head bullshit. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, like, if any of our listeners know of any conservative-leaning podcasts, let us know. Mm-hmm. 
And conservative podcasts that also talk about surprising their partners in the bedroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, because oh, I would God. I would like to hear informed conservative opinions. Yeah. I want the Laura and Elisa of the rights. But where are they? Where are well, Rora and Lalisa? I want to meet them. Actually, there there is a younger Republican that I have a lot of respect for. I don't know if you guys have seen her. Her name is Essie Cup. She's been on Bill oh, Maher's yeah. show a few times. I really like her. Great I feel like name. she's an example of somebody that I could actually have, a, you know, a, a reasonable, uh, respectful discourse. Yeah, she's smart. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She's smart. She's bangable, just like you two. <laughs> Lauren Elisa, not Lauren Matt. Um, Tommy Laren, there's another smart Republican. No. <laughs> what the fuck? Let's not spread misinformation here. Tommy Laren is a bleached out pundit. That's all she is. Bleached out. <laughs> she is. I know, I know, you're right. I'm just saying, before she got famous with Glenn Beck, she was posting all kinds of very liberal opinions on her Twitter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, no. She's young, her- too, and I hate it because she's successful and young. Well, that's because she falls into the Roger Ailes model of angry blonde women spewing vitriolic rhetoric. Right. That horny Republican bros can... Fap in front of. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. What, is it, what is it about blonde, skinny white bitches that guys love like like straight republican guys love to jerk off to well i love their legs i love their hair i love their face i love what they have to say skin bones speaks to my values it's like like fucking a frozen chicken (laughs) Hmm. interesting okay well i'm guessing on that note that does it for this week's episode in which we fucked a few frozen chickens (laughs) thank you everybody for listening up on patreon i know uh elisa felt bad that she couldn't make it so up on patreon uh, she is posting some good new uh palace intrigues for those for all of our patrons really friends with benefits level and higher uh she's giving us a tour of chickahominy a video tour everybody finally gets to see the haunted house we've spoken about for years apparently she points out the important spots like (laughs) (laughs) she's like there's Attaway no but like she points out the parlor where we did the Ouija board stuff and And here's where Matt shit himself there's still a little shit stain right there just little ones (laughs) on Patreon today we're gonna kick off this Christmas season with a review of some Christmas songs What the hell is going on in that song I saw my mommy kissing Santa Claus? That's fucked up. Yeah. What the hell is going on with I wish it could be Christmas every day? No, you don't. And I'll explain why you don't. And then I want to review some Christmas songs and complain about some some Christmas songs. Like Fleece Navidad. Right, Laura? It's a terrible song. Oh, I'm glad you agree. I didn't think you would. Oh, no, it sucks. Okay, good. And we'll talk about some new ones. Please, uh, if you want to contact us, millennialshow at gmail.com. Let us know what conservative podcast we should be listening to with some intelligent Laura and Elisa versions of Republicans out there. 
Yeah. Lisa's going to cringe at that description. Oh, also, while we're plugging things, Fenty Beauty by Rihanna, her new makeup line is fire. Fucking love it. Huh. It's that That's good, right? Yes. Did you buy it already? Yeah, I bought the foundation. And it's so good. Nice, nice. Oh, you know what I'm eager to hear about? I want to know if Elisa had sex at her parents' place after all. We yeah, had that. I, I bet that bitch did. Yeah, I bet I bet she did too. We'll need to find that out next week. Mm-hmm. All this and more <laughs> on the next episode of Millennial. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Matt. Goodbye, everybody. 